Amen. Praise God. Well, good morning again. And I'm very thankful that you're here to worship the Lord with us together. And so now, just before we break the bread of life, I, I would like to, I don't want to overdo it, but I, prayer is the most important thing we do. So I, I would like to pray again. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. So God, we've praised you. We've prayed to you. We've, we've sung songs to you. None of this is show. Many people in this room have, have praised and, and sung to you and prayed to you from their hearts, truly believing that you're here with us. So, Holy Spirit, I pray that in the next 45 minutes or whatever it's going to be, that you tarry with us. And as your word is brought forth, I pray that you would get me out of the way and that you would speak to our hearts and to our minds for something supernatural to happen. Father, anybody, or there are many, I should say, who are very talented and gifted and who could give motivational speeches and and help us to perform in our, our daily tasks. But, Father, none of that is eternal. Your word is eternal. So I pray that you would instruct us in your word this morning that we may be more suited to the purpose and the plan that you've placed on us. Help us, Lord, because of the next few minutes to be more conformed to the image of your Son, which is what you've called us to. And Lord, please, Holy Spirit, I pray that not that, that tangibly we could feel your presence, but not so that we can have the hair on our neck stand up or not so that we could just you know, have that Pentecostal feeling. No, fooey. Lord, I pray that we have a true encounter with you this morning. I pray that blind eyes are opened. I pray, Lord, that spiritually we now are made to see something that we didn't see before. But also, Father, more importantly, I know that you're concerned with the health of our bodies. And there are people who, who are among us and who are named from the family as, as Mike's niece and, and so, so on and so forth, Father, that need a physical touch in their bodies. And you're concerned with that, Jesus. You've, you've shown us that through your word, through your scriptures. And so, Lord, we're lifting up, a, a, Father, especially those who are hurting in their bodies right now. Would you please touch them supernaturally and heal them? We still believe that you're the Lord that heals, that you are Jehovah Rapha. So, Lord, in Jesus' name, would you please heal the sick? And, Lord, too, would you bind up the broken hearts? Father, there are many that are emotionally sick bearing scars from the past, hurts. Father, would you please bear them up as well? And so thank you, Lord, for everything that you've done and everything that you're about to do in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. So we're going to get right into it. In 1 Corinthians 9, which is part of where we were uh, before, and we've been you know, all over the place, but specifically you know, focusing in on you know, being created and called by God for God. And you know, this will kind of be an offshoot of that, but we're going to kind of get into a couple of the scriptures that are familiar. This one from last Sunday and then the other one from Wednesday. 1 Corinthians nine twenty four through the first part of 26. Don't you realize that in a race everyone runs, but one person gets the prize, so run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step, purpose, purpose. Ephesians, we were studying together um, Wednesday in Ephesians, and this is the Amplified Version, which I really believe just spreads it out really good for us, beginning in verse 15 of chapter 5. Look carefully, then, how you walk. Live purposefully 
and worthily and accurately, not as the, uh, the unwise and witless, but as wise, sensible, intelligent people, making the very most of the time, buying up each opportunity because the days are evil. Again, I, I just want to... I know you guys know this, and, and many of you, because you've been with us and been part of the study for weeks, but man, it's all about purpose. God has created us and called us to a purpose. It's not just to ac- occupy space. It's not just to accumulate as many toys and as much wealth as we can while we're here and just be so happy and, you know, touchy. No, it's an eternal purpose. It's an eternal glory that he's called us to. And I'm not going to revisit that because I know we'll take up a lot of time. But for many of you who weren't here, man, he's called us to, to basically an eternal glory, an eternal purpose, and so many other things. But let's continue. It started here, Genesis 1, 27 and 28. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. You see uh, that word, in, in his own image. Now, again, I know that some of you have been around Scripture, and you've been in church for a long time, and these Scriptures are very familiar, and a lot of things I'll say, you already know. But just keep, you know, keep your attention, keep your focus, because hopefully this will lead to some other things, a higher level, a, a, a different plateau, so to speak. Now watch, in his own image, image, a physical likeness, a representation. You know, uh, subduing, he, he, see what he's called humans to do? His own image, the image of God he created, male and female. But look what it says in, in uh, the following verse, 28. Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. Subdue it. Calm it, keep it, into, keep, it in, keep, keep it under you, have dominion over it, keep it in subjection to you. you I'm, I'm giving you charge over this. Now, I want to say something, y'all. I think that without his image, without us being created in his image, those things aren't possible. What? He's called us to have dominion over it. He's called us to subdue it. He's given it us. He's turned it over to us. But, again... It's, it's only possible because we're created in his image. Amen? So does that mean that God looks like Tony? <laughs> Praise the Lord, no. But there are certain things about me that, are, that, that are, speak to him, to his image. I'm a threefold being. He's a threefold being, right? And so many other things. But see, there's, a, there's this other thing here. There's this ability that we have to feel compassion, Right? He created us to be, so now when he tells me to, that 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 I'm created in his image and I'm to he's given me this world, he's given me responsibility, right? He's given me power and authority over this his creation. So I'm representing him in effect on this planet. If you look at mankind, what we've done, we've messed it up pretty good, haven't we? Right? So look, so now if I'm God. And God, when he created, he created everything good. And he, he created it with a certain intention, with a certain outcome in mind. We messed it up. Right? We know that. But now watch. His image, because I am in his image, you know, there's that capacity that I have from him to have these certain things, to, to have these qualities, these, these qualities that he has in order to have the authority, to have the rule, to maintain the order that he established, right? But because we know what happened in the garden, that, ha- that, that caused the order to be disrupted. And that's why we have what we have right now. But again, I, I just the point really being, my brothers and sisters, that because we are created in his image, he's given us that charge to have dominion, to subdue it and have dominion over it. And it's only because that we're created in his image that we can actually do that. He gave us the capacity to do that because we're created in his image. Okay, so now jumping down in um, Genesis a little further, we're going to go to chapter 2 now. Listen to me. Part of it might be up on the board, part of it not. If it's not, it's not their fault. I I probably messed it up. Genesis 2, beginning in verse 8. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground of the Lord he made every tree grow that is pleasant to sight and good for food. The trees of life also, the tree of life, excuse me, of life was also in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Now we're going to jump down to verse 15. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and keep it. 
You see? Again, to tend and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you uh, shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. See, from the beginning, God created man with a specific... He created human beings with a specific purpose. Period. That's it. Initially, right, where we started, created us have dominion over it, subdue it, and now he's even furthering, okay, you go, I'm going to put you in the middle of this garden. This garden of Eden, this is like a par- this is paradise. That means literally a, a, a paradise, a place of paradise. But it was only really good because we know that God visited them. His presence was there. Remember, he walked with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. It was, it was a paradise. He gave them everything physically that they could ever want, need, or desire. But there was the one thing. And here's the other thing. We have a hint of something. Did I give you that? Oh, praise the Lord, I did. He said, tend it and keep it. And he commanded them. He commanded the man. See, that speaks to another capacity here. He commanded the man to do something. Right? So, look, that speaks to this capacity that the man, number one, is able to discern a command and then do it. He didn't command any of the other animals. He created them with an instinct. But to the man, he spoke a command. Come on now. Don't, don't sleep. Don't get bored on me. Right? To the, but that denotes something. That denotes that we were created differently. Oh, who didn't know that, Tony? Well, to live in this world that we live in today, you would think that, you know, um, man is maybe not the highest order of the animals, the animal beings or anything like that. You know, we care more about saving whales than we do saving babies. Uh, it's okay to go ahead and, 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 you know, kill babies, but, you know, if you uh, wreck an eagle's nest, you're going to jail. Okay, now I'm not going to stay there long, but I'm just saying that's part, of what the, that's part of what illustrates how the order has been broken. Come on now, because man has messed it up. But so now the presence of God is in that garden. This is a paradise. This is a beautiful place. This is a great thing. And God commanded, showing that man has this capacity that no other being has. Being able to to listen to a command and carry it out. It also speaks to man's free will. Choice. Don't do this. Had a choice. If man didn't have a choice, it wouldn't have been commanded to him. He would have known instinctively, I don't touch that. No, God created us with a choice from the beginning. So we have this garden, this place of, of pleasure. And we know the one thing that God told them not to do, that they did. That they did. And it, it, see, and that was it. it. It just messed up that whole order. So remember how that came about. After they did that, immediately they knew that they were naked. They felt guilt. Immediately they felt guilty. And then when they heard God in the garden, I wonder what the, I, you know, I'm, I'm, Miss Maureen, forgive me. I get off on these tangents. I'm a little goofy. They understand. Maybe you don't. Know, but I'm, I'm a little bit goofy. I, I think about, okay, they heard God in the garden. What did they hear? I think Jurassic Park. I don't know. Maybe it wasn't like that. Maybe it was just simply a still small voice that said, Adam. Adam, whatever it was, they heard him and they hid themselves because they knew they were guilty. And God says, why were you hiding? Because we were naked. Who told you you were naked? See, we know that that happened. Who told you? Did you eat? And they did. Praise God. He didn't end it there, he being God. He didn't end it there. He knew that they were going to fall. And he had a plan right from the beginning of time in Romans 5, 18 and 19. You can write it down. Check me out later. Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men. Who's that one man? Adam. Yes, thank you. Praying attention. Hallelujah. Resulting in uh, condemnation. Even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men. Who was that man? Jesus. Resulting in justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My brothers and sisters, this is, God had this plan for, it didn't take God by surprise. He had, he knew exactly what was going to happen. 
And he knew that he was going to have to continue to show man his love. So he took a body himself and stretched out his own arms and allowed himself to be pierced so that we would know how much he loved us. That even though we were sinners and we weren't deserving, he loved us. And all he asks in return, we love him. Amen. So now let's go back to a a scripture that we were in last week, I think. Therefore, in Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So my brothers and sisters, I love this. And, and again, I'm a little bit goofy, but I, I, like, I like picturing things. That's the way I learn, and that's the way I kind of you know, act it out. I'm able to picture these things. And so I am. You know, we've been taught through the scriptures, and we've shared together over the last few weeks. You know, we've, we're recalled to this purpose. God has called us to a purpose, and, and the Apostle Paul explains it to us, like running a race or, or you know, having, being an athlete and running for this prize. And, and so I have a race that I'm running. And as I'm running this race, I'm, I'm looking at Jesus. I want a picture of this image of Jesus. And, and see, I wasn't there, believe it or not, I'm not that old. I wasn't there 2,000 years ago plus. But, but what I do know of him, I know through this. Whatever that alert is, let's go ahead and kill it. Well, then shut the phone off. <laughs> see how the enemy tries to disrupt? Listen. Listen, let's get back on track here. I'm I'm running this race and I look at Jesus and even though I don't see Jesus, I wasn't there 2,000 years ago, I have a vivid picture through the Holy Ghost provided to me through his word. So I know exactly what happened. It's not, none of that stuff is allegorical. It's a fact. And so now I, I look at him and I look at what he endured for me. And so now I'm on that course. I'm running this race. And sometimes I have to endure things. Anybody say yes and amen to that? Sometimes I have to endure things. And so I do it. Why? Because he endured for me. So now I'm going to endure. But I have that image of him enduring. And see, you know, guys, Halloween is coming up. And you know at my house what we do. We celebrate it, not celebrate it for what it is. We celebrate the children coming up. And we put that sign up, 1 John 4, 9. I may change the scripture this year. I'm not 100% sure Oh, she's shaking her head no, so that means I'm not. But it's 1 John 4, 9, right? And this love of God was made known to us, that God gave his one and only son to die for us. Amen, that we might have life, right? God loved us and gave his only son for us that we might have life. This is an awesome thing. So that's what God did. He, He shows us that picture. He gave us that image to look upon so that we might know how much he loves us. That image, can you get that image? Do you, do you see that image? Do you see it? Do you see that image? Our Lord, the one who was totally innocent, who did absolutely nothing wrong, who healed, who fed, who restored, did nothing wrong, but they beat him so badly that he was unrecognizable and he bled out on the cross. Can you see it? Can you see that image? That's how much God loves you. That he did that for you. Can you receive it? Amen. Amen. You know what? Receive it. Because then here, I got, a, I got some good news. Because that wasn't the end of the story. Amen. See, because three days later, he came up out of that same body that was beat, unrecognizable, was put in a tomb. It came out fully alive. The same body. It wasn't a phantasm. It wasn't a spirit. That same body. Proving that if in him, we have victory over death. Hallelujah. So can you picture that? Can you see it? Is, is that, isn't that the image that brings you joy, that warms your heart? Even in the middle of trials and tribulations, that image of the victorious Jesus who paid the price for me and for you, no matter what we're going through, no matter what we've done, it's under his blood. It's done. It's taken care of. Amen? Awesome. Philippians 2. Beginning in verse 5. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, 
He did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. What I just described to you. Can you see that? But look, what he had to do was humble himself. He gave that up. I see this image of the one who is the greatest of all humbling himself and giving himself for me. Awesome. So now today we're going to crack crack open a new scripture. This is the next, I think, path that we'll go down. In John 16, part of it will be on the board, part of it won't. Beginning in verse 5. This is Jesus speaking to his closest disciples. But now I go away to him who sent me. And none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Why did they even need a helper? Why, why is, see, this, this helper is so important that Jesus is saying, I've got to die and go. If I don't die and go, that doesn't happen. So it's very important. He's saying, I, listen, all of these things, because he had just finished telling them about the death that he was going to die. He's not going to be with them very much longer. He told them about the death he was going to die, and they're now all saddened and all this other stuff. He's saying, listen, it's important that I go. You guys aren't understanding. It's important that I go, because if I don't go, you don't get the help you need. But they need help. Why do they need help? Well, we, we know, but I'm just going to go ahead and give you some scriptures so that you know it's not just Tony saying it. Acts 1 and 8. But you shall receive power when? When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, when the Helper comes upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Did all of those guys go to the end of the earth? Nope. No. So that means that there's some other people that are going to the end of the earth. We Amen. We're all called to do that. We're called to be his witnesses, aren't we? Okay, so now watch. If they needed to receive power, then we need to receive power. We can't be his witnesses because, look, they, it, it, very plainly, Jesus says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and then you'll be my witnesses. They weren't his witnesses until after they received the power. He said, you will need this power in order to be my witnesses. Amen. Are you with me? See, there's too many that would, you know, have this form of godliness but deny the power thereof. There's too many that may have this idea or this mental disposition about Jesus and maybe who he is, and they're trying to witness Jesus, but they really don't have that power. They, they've never really received the spirit of Jesus in them, and so they really can't be effective. It, or it can only go so far, you see. It, it's not, there's no zis boom ba behind it. There's no ay I need something behind it. I need the power in order to be his witness. I need that power. If he was saying it to them, those who walked and talked with him for three years plus, he's saying to them, you need, listen, it's important for you that I, if I don't go, I can't, you need this helper. So if it was that important to them, how much more is it important it is, is to me? Are you with me? Man, I, I, I've got to do that. And then in Matthew 28, you know this, the Great Commission in 18... And Jesus came and spoke to them, his, all of his closest apostles. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Of who? All Did all of those people go to all the nations? No. no. That means it's incumbent upon us. Amen? Amen? Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. My brothers and sisters, again, I don't want to take too many sidetracks and trails and all this other stuff. This is an important scripture because, you know, some people will hang their hat on certain scriptures and say, you know, the doctrines and the, their theology is, for example, it says, uh, be baptized in the name of Jesus in Acts when uh, Peter, when the Holy Spirit finally did come and Peter spoke that great sermon. And then there were people at the end of that sermon who were pricked in their hearts and they said, what must we do to be saved? All of you repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus. So now there's a doctrine or a theology that says it's only Jesus. No, you've got to remember, he was talking to Jews. He's talking to Jews, and he's telling them, you have to acknowledge Jesus as the Messiah. So then we see a scripture like this. And what is this scripture telling us? The triune God, 
Father, Son, Holy Spirit. They're all God, all one, all God, all one. It's important. Why is that important? Because I'm teaching you right now about the Holy Spirit. This is the spirit of truth. This is the spirit of the Father. This is the spirit of the Son. That's what comes and lives with you and me. That's the only way I understand the scriptures thoroughly. That's the only way I could really understand. In fact, the only way that I could say Jesus Christ is Lord of my life and actually mean it in my heart to the extent that is by the Spirit. Without the Spirit, I can't do it. It's by the Spirit that I have any faith at all. I'm dealt. It's a spiritual gift. What spirit? God's spirit. The spirit of Jesus. Amen? So, man, it's so important. I want you to understand the triune God, the Trinity is important in every part of it. And specifically now for us, we need this. Why? He's our helper. So now continuing uh, in John 16, this is verse 8. This will be on screen. And we ha- when he has come, the spirit of truth, the helper, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness, and of judgment. Of sin, because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father, and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. See, the the important part, my brothers and sisters, one of the things that happens is, you know, conviction is is, is one of the main things that that is needed, or that's given, or that's provided to by this helper, by this, this help. Conviction, that sounds like a bad word. No, it's a good word. Condemnation is a bad word. I want to be convicted of the things that I'm doing wrong so that I can go ahead and go to him and not receive condemnation. So when the Holy Spirit brings conviction to me, that proves to me that I'm still in line with him. I haven't quenched him. I haven't disregarded him. God is still dealing with me as a son. Oh, come on now. Some of you are, come on, you're missing this. When that conviction comes, that's a good thing for me. Okay, boom, I'm still connected. God is still ministering to my heart. I've done something wrong. He's convicted me. So now I know that I can go to him and ask for forgiveness and it's clean. Without the conviction, what happens? See, and Lucy says... this, this, and I of righteousness, there's going to be this conviction of sin because they don't believe in me. Without Christ, there is no, you can't be forgiven of your sins. Without Christ, there's no forgiveness of sin. There is not, we can't, no matter how many lambs you take in your backyard, it ain't going to work. Without Christ, there's no forgiveness of sins. Of righteousness, because I go to the Father and you see see me no more. Because, my brothers and sisters, he was resurrected from the dead. Because he came up out of that grave alive and went to the Father, now we know that that's righteous. That's a righteous life. That's what righteousness looks like. Anything other than that is not right or is not in right standing with God. It's not acceptable by God. He showed us that. And by the Holy Spirit now, we can be, listen, we're convicted of righteousness. What does a righteous person actually look like? Jesus. Why? Well, he went to heaven. He was received up into glory. Amen? All right. So then lastly, of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. My brothers and sisters, I am, I I can, I'm seeing so many images on TV that I try not to, and I'm seeing so many other images, and and it just speaks to where, how, what, in in such a dark place we are on this planet right now. Such a dark place where people can be physically torn apart, I mean, just emotionally torn apart, having accusations and and all this. But whether they're founded or unfounded, I don't want to get into all of that, but I'm just saying we can tear each other apart and still be in good standing as it relates to government, as it relates to uh, other people's opinions of us, of each other, we could still be in good standing and have all of this ill will toward each other and all of these, and just be so, so negative. That proves that the ruler of this world, he's the, he's the prince and the power of the air. And you can get away with it while you're here. But remember where we studied already. If you're enjoying that lifestyle right now, you're a child of disobedience and the wrath of God is already on you. Come on. It's already on you. You may not feel like it. 
It hadn't been fully delivered yet, but it will be. Amen. But man, there's good news. Romans 8, 28. Remember, we've been there together. We're going to go uh, through about verse 30 here. Uh, Verse 29, excuse me. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to His purpose, for whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. And I, uh, Do you see this? We're called to His purpose. He predestined us to be conformed to the image of His Son. Remember? Image. Image. This representation. We were, human beings were created in the image of God. We were created in the image of God. God knew even back then. And what He gave us back then, we fell from it, but He restored that plus. That plus. Not so that we could just have dominion and subdue this earth, but that we would be sitting in heavenly places with Christ Jesus our Lord for eternity. I don't even, you know what? This is so good. This is what's so great about our God. He called us to subdue the earth. He called us to go ahead and have dominion over the earth. He created us like no other being on earth, not like nothing else that he created on this planet. And he, and he gave us all of that. He put us in a spot, in a stature that no, none of his creation, none of his earthly creation had. But then when we fell, when he restored us, he restored us to something even greater than that. That's the good news. Look at what he said. He foreknew it. And he predestined. What? He predestined what? So that when we looked upon the image of Jesus, that we would be conformed to his image, that we loved him. And because we loved him, we start walking like he walks. We picture Jesus. We have that representation. There's something that's before us, something that we see and something that we aspire to and something that that model, that, that illustration, that template. Well, that's a good word. Hey, that was a good one. Hey, that template. That, that, are you with me? That guideline. And then the proof behind that. Well, you know, well, there's only one Jesus. No, there's many Jesuses. Now, that didn't sound right. I know some of you are saying, uh-oh. No. There is one Jesus, but he's told us to be conformed to his image. That doesn't make me Jesus, but I have his spirit inside of me. And if I keep his image before me, I'm walking like Jesus. He's called me to be like him. Amen. Are you with me? Hey, put that picture up for me. That's one of my favorite pictures. That's one of my favorite pictures of all time. Now, look, look, I want to say something here. Some of you, when that picture first went up, some of you giggled. I've seen some smiles. See, that picture, it, it caused a reaction, didn't it? And so look, that picture right there, I have it in my office and I have it right in front of me. I have it right in front of me. So when I'm sitting at the desk, that's what I, I, I look at that. Isn't that, that's one of my favorite pictures that I've ever taken with my family. Except for one, there's only one thing wrong with it. No Addison. If it wasn't for that, that would be the perfect picture. But look at, I've got my grandchildren, my children, and, and, they're, and they're just all over me. Oh man. That is awesome. I love that picture. And if you were on our Christmas card list, you saw that last year. When we said, but I love that because it, it does something on the inside of me. Come on. Come on. Are you, are you hearing me? It does something on the inside. It provokes something. I could be in a bad mood or I could be kind of feeling down. If I look at that picture, things change. Oh, Tony, you're just being an emotional sap. That's because you're Italian. You know how you Italians are, you know? Yeah, yeah I do. I do. I do. I, and I remember what my dad told me when I was younger. There's only two kind of people in this world, Italians and people who wish they were. <laughs> so I do remember, and I do know how us Italians are. But no, think about that. So now look. So now what we're told in Scripture is that we have this image of the invisible God. In Colossians and in Corinthians, it tells us that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. So now, when, look at, so now I got my word, you see. And I got these, oh, mm, I've got everything that this tells me. And it tells me he's an eternal being. It says in the beginning was the word. 
The Word was with God. The Word was God. The Word became flesh. He ever, Jesus ever lived. Jesus was with, Jesus is God. He was God. He always will be God. Everything was made, everything that was made was made by Him, for Him, through Him. Period. He's God. He always existed. And it says that when I see Jesus, when I see Jesus, I'm seeing God. Period. So now I I, want to see Him. So I'm looking at these words on the page, and I see his life, you see, and I hear his words, and, 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 and they get down on the inside of me. And then I hear something that he tells me that I need help, and he's going to do that. He's going to send his helper to me. So then when I get to the foot of the cross and I say, Jesus, I need to repent. I need to change. Something needs to change. I need to change. I want to be, I, I, I want you. So when I do that, his spirit comes. And I get a, it says, I've been given a spirit of adoption. I get a measure of his spirit inside of me. And now I have been given this power to start to understand the truth and start to see this picture that he wants me to see, this image of him. Are you with me? Isn't that a great thing? It's an awesome thing. Isn't that a great picture? Come on, you know it. It's a great picture. Luke 24, 46 through 49. Just listen, just listen. It'll be up there, I think, but just, just listen. He said to them, Jesus, thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. What was he talking about? The same thing. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. Why? Why? So that you could be my witnesses. What? Yeah, because here's what has to happen. There has to be repentance and remission of sins must be preached throughout the world. The world needs to know that it's off. No matter how well off you think you are, no matter how well, you know what? You could be the richest man on earth, the richest woman on earth. You could have, man, you could be the, the leader, the CEO. You could have all your earthly dreams coming true right now. You're, if, you're, if you don't have Jesus, you're lost. And every bit of that's going to burn. Every bit of it's going away. It's all temporal. It's all temporal. He called all of us to be eternal beings. We're all going to live forever. Our consciousness will go on forever. So if I'm born... See, remember, that's, that's Adam messed it up. Remember? Adam messed it up. God created us in his image. He created us for a purpose. He created us to carry out some things, and we, we failed in our responsibilities. We, I didn't do it. If I was there, I wouldn't have did it. If I was there, you know, and, I, you know, I, please, believe me. Adam did the typical man thing. Now, you women, before I say this, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to warn you. Don't say amen or hallelujah or anything like that. When God confronted them, Adam said... It's that woman you gave me. He blamed her and God. Now, men are pretty good at that. Some men. Most men. Shh. See, I told you. I knew it. You see the way they are? I, I knew it. But wait, 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 wait. Women, before you get all excited, who was the one who got deceived? Oh, the woman. Easy. Easy. <laughs> No, 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 wait, wait, wait. Listen, I, I want to tell you all something. It said, we read it, you read it with me. He created man and woman in his image. So women have that capacity as well. What? what? To have compassion, to make decisions, to have the rule and the reign over everything else that was created. Come on. Come on. But my brothers and sisters... Because we failed, or when Adam and Eve failed, we all failed. They're our, they're our father and mother, bodily, they're our father and mother. Because they failed, we all failed. And you know, as I'm looking at this scripture, and as I'm meditating on this message, you know, Cain and Abel immediately came to mind. Because now you see something so inherent that it was passed down. What do you mean, Tony? Well, remember, Cain and Abel, what happened? Well, they brought their sacrifices to God. Cain brought, he was a farmer, and he bought the, the, the produce from the earth, 
what did Cain? Cain was a sh- more of a shepherd. He, w- he was a husbandman. And he, he bought the firstlings the f- of, of, of his stock. He brought those to God, right? Now, it's said that God respected Abel's sacrifice, but not Cain's. God looks at uh, Cain. He says, hey, why are you down? Why, why is your countenance down? I'm going to give you Tony language. Why, why are you looking so sad? What's up? He says, wouldn't I have respected yours if you had done the right thing? Wouldn't I, wouldn't I have respected yours if you'd done the right thing? See, Cain thought, what I think, what I do, should be good enough. I'm giving God the first of my vegetables, but that's not what God required. And I want to tell you, honestly, the Bible doesn't say this, but here's what I want to tell you. I know that they, he knew better. How do you know that, Tony? Because God would not have required it and not told him about it. Remember what happened? When Adam and Eve covered themselves with the fig leaves, God gave them a different cover. What did he give them? Skins of animals. So God showed them how to sacrifice the blood of those animals to cover their sins. Why? Because without the the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. So he already knew that. Even before Moses, the law of Moses, they already knew that. So Cain already knew it. He was without excuse. Abel knew it. Abel did it. Cain didn't. Okay, Tony, so big deal. What's the point? Let me tell you honestly, when you're walking according to the image of Jesus and you, you become his image, you become like him. Because remember what we read in 8, Romans 8. We're called to conform to the image of the Son, right? People are not going to like you. They're not going to like you. But you have to do it. You know Why? Because you're convicting. The Holy Spirit is in you. And he's bringing conviction so that repentance can come, so that people can see, man, I need to repent. I need to get forgiven. There's a different, there's a different call. There's something different. Yeah, you know, I'm up, I'm down, or this, or that. I've got, you know, so many times we have the people that get the... the the jailhouse salvation or, you know, they hit rock bottom and they go to God and get salvation. That's an awesome thing. But you know what to me is even more impressive? Someone who has something, who has a lot. And for some reason, the Holy Spirit works on their heart and they go to him even in the midst of their plenty. That's an awesome thing. To me, that, that, that must be the real deal. I'm not saying that people that go to him when they're down, it's not the real deal. Don't, don't misunderstand me. But see, that's human nature. What we don't need God, we don't go to God. We go to God when we need Him, when things are bad. Come on, on, right? My brothers and sisters, when you show the world the image of Christ, you're bringing conviction. That Holy Spirit is bringing conviction through you. When you're living the Word, the Word is convicting through your lifestyle. Amen? Amen? We need to be the image. We need to be the image of the risen Jesus. Amen? Amen. Let me ask you, what image are you projecting? What image am I projecting? We need to ask ourselves, what image am I projecting? When, when, when people see me, would, would it be, you know, let me, see, I want to say this to you, and even as a minister, this is tough sometimes. It's not up to me Come over and, and just conviction. Conviction doesn't look like that. No. Conviction doesn't look like this. That's not how conviction comes. No, conviction is I love you. What can I help you with? I love you. I don't want to. I don't want to cause you any more pain than you're already going through. Amen. What can I help you with? Here's what the word of the Lord says. I'm, not, I'm picking these people out randomly, so don't be thinking, no. <laughs> Let me come alongside you. Let me believe you. Let me trust. Let's, let's bind our faith together. Hey, we sang a song. I've been in, in church services before, and my wife could say, 
Yes and amen. I couldn't make it through church services because during the, during the song service, man, I would just be broken down. And, and, and before you go off thinking bad things, it's not because necessarily I was in such deep and depraved, I was in just darkness of sin or anything like that. No, it's in the presence of God. I, listen, in the presence of God, I'm convicted about certain things. They're, you know what? In th- this area of my life, I should be doing better. In this area of my life, I could do better. Yeah, I haven't gone out on my wife. I haven't, you know, said bad words. I haven't done, it doesn't matter because, you know, it, it, we're all responsible for what we know. So, you know, in this area of my life, I need to do better. Amen. I hollered at my kids or I spanked my kids in anger. I said something to my child in anger. I need to do better. That's, that's part of conviction. That's, that's conviction. Not condemnation. Listen, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So if you're feeling condemnation, man, that's not of God. Maybe you need to go back to the cross. Come on. Please. Man, I, I'm, but so snapshots, images. What's the image? What's the image? I'm going to ask the praise team, whoever's left in here, to come back. We're going to sing, Thank You, Jesus. You could put that up. As they're singing, Thank You, Jesus, listen. Okay, try not to pay attention to them as they come to sing. Listen to what I'm saying. As they sing, if you feel conviction, if you know that some of these snapshots or some of this image that you're living out. I'm not talking about your Sunday or Wednesday image. I'm talking about the true you. Not the mask you. The true you. That image. If you know you're lacking. Man, would you please come up here and let's pray together. There's therefore no no condemnation. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be shy. But would you come on up here and let's pray. And, And while we're at it, go ahead, you could start. And while we're at it, if you just want a fresh touch from God, this is a good time. Amen? Amen. Amen. Grace that flows like a river Washing over
of my heart be acceptable in thy sight my strength and my redeemer God bless you go in peace